What's up, family? Welcome back to the Stop Sinking Show, where we go from struggle to flow. Okay, I don't know how much of this episode is actually solution-oriented. Sometimes I just come on here and need to get some things off my chest. And I'm driven to talk about it due to the immensity of this problem that constantly rears its ugly head in so many different ways in my life that I almost forget that I've learned this lesson before. And yes, I've learned it for myself. And I've definitely talked about the theme of this episode on several episodes in the past. Even two episodes ago, this theme came up in Humble Hubris, episode 94, about what you know is holding you back. But because I'm so in love with semantics, and because the reason I think I even come on here and share what is probably already common knowledge in my own unique way, is because I really believe that there is, for each of us, a combination of words and phrasing and sentence structure that leads to that aha moment. It might be the same old information, but on that one day, that fateful day said to you by that one person in a certain way while the moon was just right for that to finally click. And when I encounter the countless people in the world that are in clear need of depth in their perspective, I can't help but feel that there is and there needs to be even More people who are talking about all the same information, all the same old information, but digesting it through their own filter to express and hopefully formulate sentences that reach these countless people in need of the aha moments to add much depth needed to their perspective and life. We should all be trying to share through our own unique lens because we never know what our own version of something may reach someone else. And I say this because I myself love that feeling of discovery when something ordinary, something common knowledge, but now discovered in a book phrased poetically or succinctly or concisely has such an impact that you almost have to stop and pause and readjust and reframe everything else from that discovery prior. That feeling is so magical when someone can put into words something so precise and again, maybe timely to hit a place that the same concept, ordinary concept presented somewhere else may not have hit home with. My entire life is a hunt for semantics. It's almost addictive to look for that hit of clarity in the next book or the next podcast or the next piece of information or something that comes from inside of me when I channel and write unconsciously what comes from my unconscious mind or the universe. When I write, I am constantly looking for that clarity that almost unveils the curtains to a whole new reality behind it. Point is, 
We've talked about this theme of today's episode in the past, but because it keeps representing, representing, representing itself in different ways in my life and often comes like this inspiring different verbiage now to maybe get closer to the heart of it, some more semantic understanding, one more layer. Consistently, the thing that makes me the saddest to encounter in interaction with another human being is to meet a person who has a firmer commitment to their version of reality than is healthy. And yes, like episode 94, Humble Hubris, is kind of the same premise of our discussion today. Your idea of reality and your fondness level to it. But taken from the scope of not just our own habits and our own attitudes towards it. That keeps us in that knowledge and our fondness to it. And I no doubt know our brains would not operate without heuristics and shortcuts built through pattern recognition and really having a functional map of reality, I realize that there's use to building some fondness to the knowledge that we gain. But like I've said before, even just a few episodes ago on episode 94, our attitudes usually determine for us how much we constrict the flow of new information over the course of our time and our life. And in The more attachment that we have and the more attachment we grow with what we know, the more it attaches itself to our self-image and identifies with our ego and the less likely we are to replace that information or knowledge. It becomes hard set. And we've talked about this before and how to carry on in your own life to minimize the growing rigidity that we as humans invite in a way to grow familiar with the world. So we can build these heuristics and shortcuts. So yes, I can understand and we have acknowledged the utility of that and how to navigate it so we can have the right balance of it. But to me, a healthy individual redefines his reality often. And how often is up to interpretation depending on what levels and how quickly you are passing through the levels because what gets you here doesn't get you there. It all comes down to the constant desire and want to be more. And that's up to more from some people get to where they wanted to be more too and are willing to rest there for a little bit longer than other people. So it's up to you in your own constant pursuit of truth and how often you need to redefine reality. It's up to you. If you are the kind to always be seeking higher and higher versions of the truth, you may redefine it more often. To be willing, you have to be willing to research the ways that lead there. And the spirit of that is built into the word. And a healthy individual has this spirit, research, research, to be willing to search again, research, to be a willing, searching participant of reality. 
that to me is how a person may continue to ascend or maybe descend, but at least not remain stagnant and immobile. And that to me is a healthy individual who redefines his reality on that regular basis. He's always willing to research. And what keeps me pondering this topic is that although I have strategies to address the dangers of this in myself, like we talked about in episode 94, how it's somewhere a balance between humility and hubris, what keeps me coming back is how to manage this when encountered outside of you, outside of me, outside of what I can control and the strategies that I can apply for myself when I encounter it in other people. And where I'm required to deal and interact with these people. What do you do when someone is rigidly attached to their version of the world? Their ideas. Their ways of being. Well, first, I'll say right off the bat that people are not a project to be solved. And everyone is entitled to their own perception of the world. The extent to which this conversation goes is either for those relationships that you care enough about to actually try and influence or ones where you have to interact so frequently that the parameters must be clear and influence is necessity. The rest of the people in the world can go about their merry way and I am most likely not thinking twice about the rigid understandings that they're holding in their lives. It doesn't affect me as long as they are happy, at peace, and not affecting anyone else's peace or happiness. I'm all for the live and let live camp. I wouldn't appreciate being imposed upon myself and have my understanding be questioned. And so this conversation is tricky because most of our podcast episodes are takeaways on how to affect something in yourself. And that's probably the healthiest part of it. We should just be focused on controlling the controllables, which is it's hard enough to change ourselves. And maybe this can be looked at through a lens of self-reflection. And we don't have to look at it for other people. And we can just look at it as a way to self-audit and make sure that we are not guilty of the same things here. But if we are past that, hopefully, we will have to do the very human thing of interacting with other human beings. So the tricky part of this conversation is that the person I want to affect is not you. Who is listening and willingly here with me in this episode on the other side listening who probably came with an open mind and willingness to accept new information. The tricky part is that the person to affect with this information is exactly the person who needs it, but will never likely hear it. So hopefully it is you who becomes the channel through which the person in your life can be introduced to the possibility of other ideas outside of their own current perception. And that's where the challenge, and that's what I want to talk about. I just sincerely have not figured out how to do exactly that. Which is why I said I don't know how much of this episode is and will have a solution in it. I just see the problem. The, the first problem I see is and acknowledge is that 
I am not a judge or arbiter of what is the right perception or to even gauge the quality of anyone else's perception. So unless I spend a deep enough time understanding the other person, I cannot have the place with them, nor the respect enough for their understanding to even have a chance at affecting it. So, okay, that's fair. Have a foundational understanding with a person before beginning anything. And still approach it cautiously because, hey, what the hell do you know about anything anyway, man? So the second problem I see is that even if the first criteria is met, I have rapport, I've built up emotional bank account with the person, a bedrock of communication in which they understand my intention and care. The second problem still exists, which is the actual willingness of the person to do the work to question and possibly replace their beliefs. This is where I think even the most humble of people fail to change. Because even if their humility points to the disparity between what they believe and understand and what else is out there, and they can see that gap, sometimes after finding out how much work is required to change that belief or expand that understanding, many will freeze in place and maybe even get discouraged and now hold on firmer to what they have already gathered and hold on to what they have believed even more. It might backfire and have the opposite effect on people and lead to even less likelihood of letting in new ways of being. So this is frankly where I find myself getting stuck because no amount of care for a person and no amount of willing acknowledgement on their part can get through this effort requiring obstacle. And at this point, I don't know which way to move. And as someone who cares about these people and can see obvious things that 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 would eliminate their suffering, I am helpless and not able to do anything because I cannot get them to put in the effort. And I think about this and it makes me extremely sad. And this is why this topic keeps resurfacing and representing itself in different forms in my life. Because it affects how I feel. It affects, it makes me sad. It makes me upset to see people I care about not take on something that could change the very thing that they themselves are even communicating that they would love change in. And this keeps coming back up in ways I need to challenge myself with, for sure, too. And I think about this first and foremost for myself and the possibility on failing to keep up to date myself and being too attached to my own current understandings of things. But at least, again, for me, I am somewhat in control and I can work with that. And if you believe in free will and all that, and I wouldn't have this debate with a quantum physicist, that's for sure, you can affect yourself at least. But the saddest and the most helpless part for me is not myself, to which I have a degree of control over, it's 
to affect others in matters that could save them. And do so taking a faster route than influence, than the slow building of rapport and being open to be influenced by them as well so they can feel that from you. And some of that faster route can be hacked with authority, especially in the mind of the person that you are trying to influence. If you are of low authority to them, whether in the subject matter or in general, chances are that the other person will only take in or be influenced by you to the degree that they see you as an authority in that subject or in general. So if you don't have rapport, influence, or authority, is there even a way to help someone avoid a common error or adopt a best practice? You probably can't go deeper or have them question any core beliefs then, can you? And again, maybe you're not the right source for them. They can't just go around listening to everybody, right? You can't just take feedback from everybody. And again, I'm not sure I have the answer, but if you have a pulse, I would imagine that you have found yourself in this dynamic here and there in your life at least once with people you care about. And I have friends, family, who I know would benefit if they would listen to an episode of a health podcast that addresses something about their children's diet and health. Or I am certain that if they just spent the time to read this book, that they would have a much deeper perspective on the approach that they are taking in their business. Or I am so sure that if they just attended this course, that they would have a far advanced vision for what they can accomplish. And if they just spent the time, and if they just sharpened the ax, and if they just spent the energy, they would be so much better off. But again, who am I to really know that for sure, right? But I can't imagine being open to new information that might make them question their current ways in all aspects from their health to fitness to diet to business to life to relationships to self in any way. I can't imagine that that new information that clearly I found useful could cause any harm. But the problem is, again, and the saddest part, again, is that for most people, the doors are closed. I can't even get them to spend the effort. And they bar it with locks that have familiar names like, I don't have the time. I'm always busy. I have family commitments. My work takes up so much of my energy and so on. And they cannot put in the effort. And that's what keeps them more and even more attached to what they already know. Because the doors to let in more and different information is closed or not readily opened. And sure, all these reasons can be completely valid. You can absolutely be busy and have no time and have family commitments. But if you even opened up crevices and cracks in your life and let new information seep in, those small bits that are let in, just seeped in, will have more of a drastic shift than the huge time commitment that you think you need. To all these people I've sent podcast episodes to that have never listened 
to YouTube videos that succinctly answer questions about problems they're clearly experiencing. To all these people, my friends, my family, with familiar excuses of I don't have time, I can't help but ask what it is that you do while you're in the bathroom, while you shower, while you brush your teeth, while you get ready, while you're driving, while you're doing laundry and chores, while you're in any dead space whatsoever. Is there not enough time in four, five, ten minute bits that can add up to huge chunks of information? Again, I don't know. I'm just venting in this episode, I think. I guess to you, the audience, who is actually a willing listener about those, the people in our lives who may never be willing to listen. So how do we extend our willingness to listen to them without imposing it? Is it even possible? How do you reach or help reach inside the minds of those you love to help them when they seemingly have put up blocks to not let that be so. Even though there's no way to help someone who doesn't invite it themselves, which is the basis of all therapy, and again, who are you to source any new perspective to anyone else? I'm just curious if there's at least a healthy way to get people you know to at least grab onto the possibility of the seeds of improvement they could sow if they at the least even just started with exposing themselves with the bit of information that you may present to them or send to them. And then can take that autonomous journey in any direction they choose. Even if that leads right back to comfortable rigidity. So is it possible to encourage this spirit of research In another, the effort that it would take to seek? Maybe not. Maybe this is all the wrong focus anyway. Although inspired by my care and desire to minimize the pain and maximize the quality of life for those that I love, I realize maintaining the spirit of seeking the truth is difficult enough as a personal goal, (laughs) a personal attribute, So as much as I want peace, depth, and happiness for all of you, for my loved ones, my family, I'm still trying my best to experience it consistently for myself. Hopefully, there is a place to which I arrive that gives me enough strength from which I can pull some people up with more ease than I am able to currently. We'll see. I love you, family. I'll see you in the next show.